I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Do you know an organization that is looking for a keynote speaker, retreat speaker, or workshop host? You can contact me at meredithsigget at gmail.com for more information. I am currently booking speaking engagements for 2022. Welcome to the Finding Myself podcast. I am Meredith Sigget, your host here at this podcast. Oh, Darn, I said I was going to change that up, didn't I? Well, I'll work on that for next time. So today I have a great guest here for you. It's a guest that I've been talking about. I've used her name previously, but man, we're just going to have a great conversation. Her and I have been talking off mic already, and I really feel like I've got a lot to learn from her, and I know that you're going to learn a lot too. So her name is Danielle Kobo. Danielle has an impressive resume. So much here that I am not going to be able to do it justice. So we'll get her on the mic and see if she can tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Meredith. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking. I think we kind of connected through LinkedIn, if I'm right. Probably. I'm a big advocate on LinkedIn. So I am on there every day. It is definitely my preferred platform for social media and mainly because I get to enjoy connecting with people all over the world and it's my daily boost of motivation. Ooh, I love that. One of the things that I talk about on this podcast is a circle of positivity. So I am guessing that you have collected your circle of positivity on LinkedIn to get that motivation. Yes, there are a few folks that I enjoy following. And one of the things I like about LinkedIn is there's this feature called the ring the bell. And so when you go to somebody's profile, you can ring their bell. And then what happens is every time that they post something, it notifies me. And so there's a couple, it's just a very handful of people that I like to follow where they're always posting something inspiring. And they really are authentic and vulnerable of sharing their stories from struggle to how they got out of that struggle to success. And that's why I say it's my daily boost of inspiration, motivation, and that's why that's the preferred platform. So I'm not surprised that we connected on LinkedIn. Yeah, which you're making me think there, it it was interesting. I had an experience probably about six months ago at this point where I realized that I was always liking posts that were showing up in my feed because of someone that I follow on LinkedIn. It was, again, very motivational, very inspiring. And I just took notice. I'm like, every time I'm like, these are articles or people's stories that I read all of it. And it's always coming through this person. And I don't know this person personally. It's actually someone out in California. And I just felt called to reach out to them and thank them for what they're putting in my feed. And it actually turned into something really great. He is a fellow podcaster, actually. At the time, he hadn't started his podcast. So when I contacted him, he's like, do you mind if I talk to you? So we started a connection, and I connected him with some other people. And it was really awesome because he was just as awesome in person as the likes and the the curating of material that he was giving me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's you. That's one of the things I love about LinkedIn, and and also the fact that you really do connect with people all over the world. And it's the one platform where you don't see a lot of politics, so I also enjoy that as True. well. The main the main purpose of LinkedIn, I've taken a lot of courses on LinkedIn, is the 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 purpose of LinkedIn is to engage in meaningful conversations. And engaging in meaningful conversations starts by inspiring others, motivating others, empowering others with the tools to either accelerate their careers or their personal life. But it's all about empowerment is what I often find, or that just tends to be the people that I often follow. So they definitely fill up my news feed, but that's one of the reasons why I just, I love that platform. That is awesome. So we're putting the plug in for LinkedIn. <laughs> this is not a paid uh, no. advertisement for them. It's just something that we've talked about. Oh, so Danielle, what part of your story, because your story is is uh, quite complex, what part of your story do you want to share with my listeners or how do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> well, I definitely have, um, I've definitely had some trials and tribulations in my life, but I'm a big believer that sometimes our biggest challenges in life end up turning into our greatest strengths. And I wouldn't be where I'm at today, if I didn't go through some of the challenges I experienced in my life. So starting off very young, I uh, didn't know it at the time, but my mom kidnapped me when I was two years old. So I grew up thinking that my dad had abandoned me. Um, I grew up thinking that he didn't want me. And the reality is, is my mom actually kidnapped me and moved me away, didn't tell him where I was. I didn't meet my dad till I was 15. Wow. And then I, uh, you know, my mom and I have had our ups and downs throughout the years. Uh, unfortunately, she does suffer from bipolar disorder. So some of that is out of her control with some of the mental health. But there have been definitely some pivotal moments in my life where I have learned to overcome self-doubt, where I've learned to overcome adversity. And it's either been through periods of going meeting my dad for the first time or getting kicked out at 17 and having my clothes piled into four little trash bags and moving around while I'm working full time and trying to graduate high school. Or it's been times where I have, um, where I've overcome severe postpartum depression. Um, or I've also, I'm a military spouse and just kind of navigating through the life of a military spouse. But I'm, I'm grateful for some of these experiences in my life because it really has shaped me into who I am today. And I wouldn't be where I'm at today in, in knowing who I am and what my purpose is if it wasn't been through some of those experiences. So that's on my personal side. And on my professional side, I spent 15 years in corporate America. So I had a very thriving career in medical sales. I was in in sales, I was also in leadership. I was leading a team for a Fortune 500 company. And then when the pandemic hit, a few things uh, kind of happened all within one time period. I ended up leaving corporate. And now I am a career coach. So I get to do what I absolutely love, which is uh, provide people with the tools to have a thriving career and balanced life. And so I do that through speaking engagements, through podcasting, through one-on-one -on -one coaching, and also corporate workshops. Wow. That, I mean, all of that is a lot on, on what you're doing, the shifts, the pivots throughout your life. I got to imagine that everything that came to you at the younger time 
could have just been an excuse to say, you know what, I had a crappy growing up and that's why I can't do this or I can't do that. I don't have the family support. I don't have the foundation to believe in myself. Am I right on that? Absolutely. There's, you have two paths to take. You can either fall victim to your circumstances or you can look at it and say, I'm going to take these circumstances and I'm going to do better. And my mom was somebody that I looked up to and aspired to. I didn't know growing up that she had, that she had kidnapped me. So on one end, you know, she did have, she did suffer from bipolar disorder. So we definitely had our tribals and tribulations on the other end. She, when I was five years old, she was a single mom. She was getting her bachelor's degree. She was working full time as a server. So I had her as a role model to show me perseverance and resiliency and drive and that you can create the life that you want. It just takes you taking the initiative to do it. So I'm a big, you know, a big believer that you get to create your own path. It's just dependent on what you tell yourself as those limiting beliefs. Um, And whatever stories you tell yourself, that's either going to support you in getting to where you want to go, or it's going to hinder you because you're going to start to believe that negative self-talk that you tell yourself. I love how you say the stories that you tell yourself, because I, I think we get sucked into that mindset when things don't go the way we want it to, or the way we think it should go. And we just follow that, um, that trail or we fall down that rabbit hole of thinking. Yes, definitely. It's, and it's easy. And, and not to say that I don't experience that. There's definitely times in my life where I'll have this, these emotions of self-doubt and especially as a new business owner, I've definitely mm. gone through those, <laughs> those highs and lows when one thing that I realized leading corporate is I held a lot of my worthiness tied to my sales performance. Whoa, worthiness. I love that because we're tying it to something that is outside of us that we may or may not have control over all of it. Absolutely. So I spent 15 years in sales and I was very successful. I'd earned multiple president's circles, which is the award for top performance. I had led a team to number one in the nation, earning region manager, been promoted, things along those lines. And so I didn't realize until I had left corporate and there wasn't that measure that I was able to tie to myself. I didn't realize that that measurement of awards and income earnings was how I measured my success as a person or worthiness as a person. And it took me really taking some time to take a step back and look at my life through a different lens. And now I'm, I, it's not that I, I would say I kind of do measure my worthiness and it's more about the impact that I make on people's lives. And so when I hear people achieving their goals and they're calling me and they're going, Danielle, I got the job or Danielle, I just, I just finished top 10 in the nation or, oh my gosh, they just have this epiphany and gaining clarity on what they want or they're having better balance in their lives. I'm like, okay, my worthiness is tied almost to the impact that I make in leaving the world a better place so that then it can create the ripple effect to other people's lives. That's amazing to, to look at it that way because it's it's not 
a number. It's not like you say that I'm going to impact seven people. Um, it's the, the act of impacting because your one touch actually might impact a whole slew of people that you'll never meet. But because you got that ball rolling, it's going to do good. Absolutely. And there's going to be people that you may, there's been times in my life where people have come up to me and they're going, do you remember that time five years ago when we were out dinner and you <laughs> told me this, I ended up breaking with the boyfriend and it, whatever it is, sometimes there's this Ted talk and it's called the lollipop moments. And it's about these moments in your life where you make an impact in others and you don't even know when it happens. And sometimes people bring it up to, and sometimes they don't, but if you are, are, able to just kind of help people take small little shifts in their life. And it's either providing a new perspective or looking at things from a new lens or having just better balance, uh, bringing joy in their lives. It does really create that ripple effect because you think about even as a parent, if I, if somebody helps me get a new perspective on raising my kids a different way, then I'm raising the future generation. And that's going to create that long-term legacy Oh, definitely. So some of the words that you have used so far that I absolutely love, you're talking about, you know, perspective shifts of just giving someone this, this different idea that maybe they haven't seen or thought of before. You've talked about resiliency, which is just such an amazing word. We don't really talk about it enough, even though in education, it's a big buzzword. Outside of education, I don't, I don't know if anyone's talking about it, to be honest with you. I know in some of your um, writings, you talk about grit. And I think that's, that's a word maybe that is more in the, the corporate setting or the entrepreneurial setting. But there are some really great words out there that we really need to dig into and kind of explore for our own selves. Would you agree? Yes. In fact, one of the things, my kids, I have four-year-old twins, and so I really, it's part of our language oh, is... I, I just have to, four-year-old boys. Yes, four-year-old boys, which for anybody that has boys, and, and I always say they have the bloodline of their father, who is a Black Hawk pilot in the military, oh. who was just a, a very and, and my husband and I are both kind of a type personalities very go-getter type personalities so at any given moment my house is an obstacle course and they're running around it like crazy but you know even with them I I incorporate a lot of those languages so I will say th they know the word perseverance and they know that okay I fell off my ba my bike I'm gonna get back up or we talk about leaning into fear and the other day we were at lunch and there was a stage and I lifted one of them up and I put him on stage and I said, what would it look like? How would you feel if everybody was looking at you and you were singing on stage? How fun would that be? Just to start incorporating that mindset in at a very early age. That is amazing because it's giving an opportunity to try it out. A lot of times we're even afraid 
to try it out. We have those limiting beliefs. Oh, I can't do that. That, that, no, that would be too uncomfortable. Or that just doesn't seem like me. We have all those reasons to talk ourselves out of something. Other than just trying it. Stand up there on stage. Imagine what it would be like to talk to a room full of people. Uh, I, I was in a meeting with two students and one of our PTO members uh, just, I don't know, two hours ago. And one of the students talked more. So we're going to coach the other student to, to talk. And I, I said, this is a good skill for you guys to have. And the other student just looked at me with these eyes like, oh, no, don't make me talk. <laughs> I said, you just have to ask a question. Let's just step out of our comfort zone just a little bit. But give it a try. Yeah, and it, and I I'm very honest with them. I spent I remember the first time I had to speak in front of my peers. It was my first sales job. I was 20 22 years old and majority of my peers were 15 20 years older than me and I was in copier sales and I had to present the features of this copier which is boring. But I remember walking out of the room in tears because I was terrified. Here I am pursuing a position in sales and I'm crying because I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. And then what I've learned through that was lean in as much as you can. So if I wanted to overcome the fear of speaking, then every single time there was an opportunity for me to present in front of a room, to be on a be in different circumstances where I'm leading conference calls, whatever, leading meetings, whatever it is, I would raise my hand and I would continue to push and push and get uncomfortable with it to the point where at one of our national sales meetings, 10 plus years past that, I ended up speaking in front of 1,500 of my closest peers, <laughs> including the VP of the company and all of the big wigs. And there's nothing more terrifying than speaking in front of your peers. I have no problem speaking in front of an audience now because now I am a speaker. But in front of your peers, it's a little bit more nerve wracking. It would just be like speaking in front of your family and friends sometimes if you're if you're practicing a speech. So I always say really try to lean in because the more uncomfortable you get, that's when your your big areas of growth take place. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of trying until you make it. I don't like the fake it because that there's just a negative connotation with that. But if we keep trying, we're, we're going to get there. That's what that's all about is give it a try. So taking those opportunities to keep practicing, keep trying so that you can get better and tweak here and there and try new things to see if they work for you. And sometimes one of the reasons why we are fearful of trying is because we fear judgment Mm. and, or we put ourselves in that comparison mode. And one of the challenges of doing that and really shifting that mindset is when you're, especially speaking, for example, if you're going to be, if you have a big presentation coming up and you're terrified, know that most people are scared of speaking. So just right off the bat, you're not alone on that. Um, But often when you're doing something that's very uncomfortable, know that you're doing something probably that most people aren't doing. And so that in itself is is something to be proud of, something to really acknowledge yourself for. 
and know that if there are times that people are going to judge you, then that's okay because often their judgment is either their own securities about themselves that they're projecting onto you or also think that people that if they do provide any kind of negativity around it, it's because they're too scared to do it themselves or they haven't done it themselves. So know that often we hold ourselves back because we fear judgment, but the reality is, is just lean in and try and you'll continue to evolve in whatever it is that you're doing. Right. I like to say with judgment, when people make comments, um, you can evaluate whether that comment has some constructive criticism in it. If there's any feedback that you will take, you don't have to take it all, though, because there is a lot of stuff in that feedback that needs to be left with the person that it came from. So evaluate, take what's useful to you, and leave the rest with the person. Yeah, and also look at, to take that a step further, because I agree with you so much on that, is where is the feedback coming from? Is it somebody that is that you trust, somebody that you really respect? Because there's been times in my career where there, for example, there was one person on my team that was just a negative on all aspects, was really almost a toxic person on my team. And no matter what anybody did, she would always have some sort of constructive criticisms to say. But it got to a point where it lost a lot of weight because we knew that that's just kind of how that person was. So you listen to it and you evaluate it and saying, is this something that I'm hearing this feedback, the feedback that I'm receiving, is it that I'm hearing kind of consistent, consistently amongst a lot of people? Then maybe there's probably some truth to that. Or is it that so opposite than what other people are saying? Then you really got to take that with a grain of salt and, and think of, is this somebody that you trust that has a high level of respect from other people as well? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to kind of take our conversation in a little bit of a different way because I'm curious since you have um, you have a lot of experience in speaking in this area and, and doing some different workshops and work in this area. I'm curious about gender differences. Do you find that there is one gender that has more of those limiting beliefs than the other? And if so, like, what would you say to that? That is an excellent question because I think there's a lot of perceptions Mm -hmm. around uh, limiting beliefs and gender. And I work with predominantly women, but I also do work with a lot of men. And most of my coaching, that is I find with my one-on-one coaching, that's when you really get to peel back the onion and get to the core of things. And I often find that men are equally or if not more insecure than women. Okay. It really just depends on what it is. So women, for example, I find are insecure a little bit in the sense of we often have opportunity with body positivity and how we are as a parent and negative self-talk around that or doubting ourselves around that. But with men, it is a little bit different. I think that there's definitely some insecurities on there. And that's more like, am I doing enough to provide for my family? Am I climbing the corporate ladder enough? Um, However, women are taught to be humble 
And if you actually look up the definition of humble, it's actually to have one low self-esteem or one low, um, to think low of yourself or to almost uh, be modest about your success and your accomplishments. And one of the reason why that is, is because there's a study that was done by Gina Davis, who is a, a famous actress, but she did a two-year study and she studied Hollywood. And we grew up with Hollywood with a lot of these movies teaching us that women are in two, two roles. Either we need to be rescued mm. by the prince and we're the damsel in distress, we need to be rescued, or uh, we're a powerful woman, but the, you know, you think of the powerful woman, you think of 101 Dalmatians, you think of, uh, the devil wears Prada and a powerful woman is aggressive. And, you know, there's other words that we can use. I'll yes. be mindful just in case there's any kids <laughs> in the car. I always want to be mindful, but you can probably guess the words that are used. Um, and so because of that, women often don't talk about their successes men have no problem talking about their successes. And so sometimes that's where I see the insecurities with women is why well, it's not necessarily an insecurity. It's that they've been taught by to, by the way we are raised to be humble. And in all reality, one of the tools that I'm working with, with professionals and women is talk about your successes, whether you're a man or a female, talk about your successes, because one of a couple things happens when, when that, when you do that is it, it reinforces confidence within yourself. Sometimes we forget where we've, where we've been and how far we've come, unless we celebrate every milestone and success along the way. So it gives you an instant boost of motivation and confidence. And if you are continuously doing that, it reinforces that Pavlov's uh, of theory of, you know, give a dog a treat when there's a reward and continue, they'll continue to do it. Well, give yourself yeah. a treat and celebrate your success. Um, and then also, if you are in a spot that's very confident and you're celebrating your successes, then other people will go, Oh, that's inspiring. Yes. And then they can almost, if they're in a position where they're not feeling confident, they can almost borrow your confidence. And I think with women, it's typically put in this position of competing. That if a woman is rising, that must mean that I'm falling. But I think there's a tipping of the scales. That women are really rallying around each other and lifting each other up and celebrating each other for what they're doing because we're talking about it more. Yes, absolutely. It's for so long. It's interesting because if if we as women want to have equality, if we want to have and create our seat at the table, often we've created this mindset that, well, you know, it's because we've been repressed and, you know, there's definitely been some times where there's opportunities for laws to be made, inequality and things like that. But the, what's held women back the most, in my opinion, has been other women. We're yeah. so judgmental on each other. Yeah. And we're so hard on each other. And if you, if women want to to rise and they want to create their seat at the table and if they want equality to happen then we've got to empower each other we've got to inspire each other we got to support each other it is not all the just on the man we've got to be the ones that are supporting each other and i, I think the the difference is 
guess what? There doesn't need to be one seat at that table that's filled by a woman. There can be many seats and we need to bring all of us women along for all of those seats. And and I just want my listeners to know I'm I'm not male bashing. This isn't a, a male bashing situation. You know how how much I love and support the males, but this is for females that there is room at the table for all of us and we can do it together. We don't yes. have to compete for it. Um, let's celebrate each other together. That, again, will help with those limiting beliefs. We can be confident together. We can be encouraging together and not judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you mentioned this is not male bashing because, I, you know, as much as I am a big advocate for women empowerment, I am married to a Blackhawk pilot in the military. <laughs> My husband is a very much so strong, independent male influence. And I'm raising two boys. Mm-hmm. And my cat is a boy. I am like surrounded by all men in my house. But I also get to teach my boys that um, how to treat a woman with chivalry and respect, but also that it's upon them to respect women and to support each other and um but yeah. It's, well, I, but- I think it also goes, um, and I've talked about this in a, another episode where I actually did it with my husband about genders, uh, but supporting women doesn't mean that I step on men to do that. It, Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's two different situations. Again, we're supporting women to raise them up, not on anyone's back, not stepping on over or judging anyone, just doing it for the the betterment of everyone, the whole society. One of the things I love a lot about my husband is we have always been big advocates and supporters of each other's careers. There's been times where we've made some sacrifices where his career has taken the lead on things. You know, when I kind of held back some things when he was deployed and I was taking care of the household while working. And then there's also been times where I know when he came back from his deployment and I was starting my business, he said, okay, this is your time. This is your time to shine. I'm going to support you. I'm going to kind of pull back a little bit. So it's a balance of supporting each other. Right. And I think that's also accepting that there's seasons in our life Mm -hmm. and you, your thoughts, like you can't say, oh, this always happens to me or this is never going to happen for me. Um, it just might be a different season. And that that's okay. You don't have to say, "I, gosh, I am never going to be successful at my job or the job that I want. Maybe we need to tweak and next season is going to be your season. Yes, and, and that I think was... As a military spouse, it's it's one of the challenges that I often find is the unemployment rate for women it, for military spouses because military spouses are men and women uh, is three times higher than the national average, and a lot of times that's because we're moving around all the time. There's kind of some stigma on hiring on okay, well, how long are you going to be here for? Can you handle the job while your significant other's deployed? And I I also remember when you talk about you know, playing victim to your circumstances or just shifting your mindset on things. When my husband told me he was going to deploy, I said, I have to quit my job. There's no way I can do my job. My twins are going to be, he was, uh, they were a year and a half when he deployed. 
I was leading a team for a Fortune 500 company. I had five, a team across five states. I was traveling 60% of the year. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. And I kind of almost held a little bit of resentment during a short period of time because I was like, I've worked so hard for my career. And I shifted my mind and saying, okay, instead of quitting on myself before I even get the opportunity to, to even just try then I'm going to take it one day at a time. And if it gets to a point where I'm going, this is too much, then I'll reevaluate it then. And I just took it one day at a time. And there were some things, extra projects that I was able to do remotely. You know, I was able to build more presentation decks and do more virtual calls. I wasn't able to fly to our corporate office cross country as much anymore, but that was just a temporary shift during that time. And it was a season and I got through that year. And then what happened as soon as that year was over, then it, then he said, okay, passing the ball off to you. It's your turn to, to run with it. Yeah. Gosh, Danielle, thank you so much for talking with us in this conversation. We have woven in so many examples and strategies of crushing those limited beliefs. And what I love is that they're right there in examples. So it's not just a list of five ways to crush your limiting (laughs) beliefs. I mean, look at Facebook for that post to come out. But um, there's real examples on how that can happen at your home, in your workplace, in your community. So thank you so much for kind of doing this storytelling and sharing and educating all together. Oh, well, you're welcome. It was such an honor to be a guest on your on your podcast. I could talk to you forever, but I also acknowledge that, you know, we have a limited time. So thank you for letting yeah. me be a guest. Can you let my listeners know how they might get in touch with you? Yes. So as we mentioned earlier, um, no, it is not a paid advertisement for LinkedIn, just a big <laughs> follower of it. Um, but yeah, you can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. It is Danielle Kobo. So that's C-O-B-O. Think of the Kobos going to Cabo. Um, <laughs> so LinkedIn and then Facebook and Instagram. And then I also do host the podcast uh, Dream Job with Danielle Kobo. See, it's interesting. Your last name. I'm from the Detroit area. So we have Kobo Hall. So that oh, will- really? I don't run into a lot of Kobos. My husband is actually, my, my father-in-law is an immigrant. He came on one of the freedom flights from, from Cuba. So my, my, uh, my married name is actually from Cuba. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you, then you've got to get to the Detroit area, take a picture right by yeah. Cobo Hall. Yeah. So, yes. Well, thank you very much. I will be posting your information in the Facebook group and Instagram. Um, so anyone, any of the listeners can check out there for that information or reach out through the Finding Myself podcast and I can connect you with Danielle if you need any help. Well, thank you, Danielle, for spending this time. I really appreciate it. And gosh, maybe we need to talk more often. Definitely. I would absolutely love to. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time.